God. Have a little bit of a rabbit trail to start off with. The Lord showed me something. I talked about this on the radio broadcast today. I mentioned it about the fig tree that Jesus cursed. Remember that instance? Jesus cursed the fig tree, and they, they left. And, and the next morning, Peter came by and, and said, Hey, Jesus, look, the, the fig tree that you cursed withered. Now, I, the Lord wanted me to share something with you because someone's here dealing with this. And he said, you might not, when you're, when you're speaking word curses against someone, maybe your children or whatever, more so the children, I feel the Lord want me to share this about parents and children, you might not see the results of that word curse immediately. Amen? Jesus cursed the victory. They didn't see anything immediately. It was the next morning. There was a process. But know that parents, when you speak word curses, when you speak negatively about your children, saying you're never going to make it, you're not going to amount to anything, notice you might not see the results right away in their life. But the process starts with those words. Are you hearing me? Someone, the Holy Spirit wanted me to share that with someone. Some, there's some adults in here who has lived their whole life and, and they've been walking under that, that umbrella of word curses. Let's all, just close your eyes right now, everybody. Just close your eyes. If that's you, if you're walking under that umbrella, no one looking around, just lift your hand in the air right now. If that's you. Father, right now, I, I just... Speak blessing over those right now, Father God, who have raised their hands, who are honest enough to admit that they have been walking under that word curse. Right now, I renounce, I destroy every word curse that has been spoken over these individuals in the name of Jesus. And I loose your blessing upon them right now. And I command every evil spirit that has attached itself to these individuals to loose them and let them go now in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over these individuals right now now and I say you will prosper you will do great and mighty things for God everything you put your hands to will prosper in the name of Jesus and I command that depression I command that anxiety that heaviness to come off of you right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord amen praise God Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Now, also, one more thing before I get started with my message. Uh, some people have been asking me, how much has the church been given away in benevolence? Well, over the last month, or let's go two months back, if you want an exact amount, go and see Bill Huss, our treasurer. But I will tell you this, it's nearly $2,000 we have given in benevolence to those in need. In two months. In two months. So... For those who you wanted to know, so we are reaching out. We are reaching out in, in helping those in need. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Well, open your Bible to Isaiah 48. Isaiah chapter 48. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord up here today. Hallelujah. I feel like chains are coming off of people today. Hallelujah. The chains are coming off. The blinders are coming off. Isaiah 48. Now, we want to look at uh, verses 17 through 18. It says, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, 
Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Now go to Isaiah. Go back a little bit to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Just one verse. Very simple. It ties right into what I'm talking about today. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Today I want to talk about hearing the voice of God. Knowing the leading, knowing the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then I, I want to kind of touch on, we'll see where the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. I got something, we'll see where we're going. But I, I would like to touch on things that will hinder that, some heart issues that will hinder us from hearing the voice of God clearly, from knowing the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So I entitled this message, Can You Hear Me? I just felt the Holy Spirit rising up in me as, as I was in prayer. I, I was praying in the Spirit for an hour and a half in here yesterday, and, and it just, just that, that title rose up. The Holy Spirit's asking all of us, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hallelujah. It's extremely important that we as Christians hear from and be led by the Holy Spirit. In some situations, this could mean life or death. Life or death. Now, I have a testimony that I want to read you about a man who was involved in that bridge collapse in Minneapolis just, what, a week or two ago? Phenomenal. This came across the wire. Some of you may have, have read it. This came across on the Elijah list, an email list, Christian email list. This is absolutely phenomenal. Let me read this to you. His name is Matthew. He says, I was coming home to take a shower and then pick up my friend across the I-35 West Bridge, Matthew recalled. I was headed into the city of Minneapolis, and it was bumper to bumper. I was praying and talking to the Lord, and the next minute, the Lord gave me this vision. In the vision, the bridge was shaking. It started to snap and broke through. I saw two cars go off the edge into the Mississippi River. Then after the vision, I said, what is this all about, Lord? You need to talk to me. God told me to stop. I was 100 feet away from the bridge. He said, you need to stop right there. I said, Lord, there are cars behind me. He, he, he said, but God said, that's okay. You need to stop. So I stopped. And the Lord said, look. People were going, going around me about 20 feet away from the bridge. That's when the bridge snapped. The bridge broke down and crashed. I saw two cars go off the bridge, and I was like, wow. He was amazed that the Lord revealed this to him before it happened. At first, I was sitting in the car, waiting, thanking the Lord because it could have been me on that bridge. Then people came up to me and said, thank you. Basically, thank you for stopping in the middle of the road so we wouldn't pass you. I got out and looked from the side at the collapse. It was a traumatic, it was traumatic seeing what happened. And then the police told me to go back in my car and turn around. And then the editor, the interviewer here, said, I asked Matthew what he was thinking at the moment he saw the bridge uh, begin to break. Matthew said, I was realizing that the Lord is awakening his people and saying, listen to me. You need to listen to me. I realized that if I hadn't listened to him, I would have gotten on that bridge and took a ride. 
After that, I called my friend and told him I couldn't pick him up because the bridge broke through. Then I went to, the Holy, to a Holy Spirit conference, conference that was happening nearby and worshiped the Lord. The editor, listen, the editor then asked Matthew, he said, I then asked Matthew, as you look back at what God spared you from that day and what had happened on the bridge, what immediately comes to your mind? Listen to this. When I look back, Matthew said, I realize the Lord has a calling for me and he's preparing me to be obedient and ready and to know it's time to roll and to know who Jesus is. This man could have been a casualty if he wouldn't have, have listened to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, life, I, I just feel this so strong. As I was writing this message, the Lord is saying that some of us, if, if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, it could be it. It could be over in one shot. But the Lord is looking out for his people, isn't he? Praise God for that. Oh, hallelujah. That kind of leading is available to every Christian on the face of this earth today. Amen. And it's time for us as Christians to draw closer, to know our Heavenly Father, to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, to know who He really is, to know the benefits that are available to us through Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, He is. He is always looking out for us. It's not his will for us to be in this world all alone and to be fearful about the future. Are any of you fearful about the future? I can tell you right now it's not the will of God. That, that's not God's plan for you. That is not his plan for you. And I want to get, go into my first hindrance here. Fear will hinder you from hearing God's voice and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listen, oh, listen to some of you. If you're taking notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit made this so clear to me. He said, fear is nothing more than faith in Satan's will for your life. That's what fear is. Don't sugarcoat it. Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get cancer. I'm afraid I'm going to get this. Fear is nothing more than faith in Satan's will for your life. Plain and simple. You are reverencing and giving more place to the devil than God in your life. More place to the devil than the Bible and what God says in, for your life. Amen? Fear will put a wall up in your life that will make it very hard to hear from God. It's a wall. Fear will open the door to confusion and all of its kind to come into your life. You ever been there before? You ever been confused and fearful? Oh, it's a doorway. It's a doorway for the enemy. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if fear has overtaken your life, you have been focusing and feeding on the wrong things. Brother Bill said it very well. I was about ready to step out and say, Brother, you're about ready to preach my sermon today. He said, whatever you feed will be the strongest in your life. If you feed your flesh, that's going to rise up and that's going to be strongest. If you feed your spirit, man, by knowing the word of God, reading the word of God, staying close to the Lord, your spirit, man, will overtake your flesh. Oh my, I mean, that, that is such a powerful truth. The word of God says in 1 John 4.18, listen to this, 1 John 4.18, that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. 
But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, tie that together with the scripture that says, faith works by love. Now, follow this, follow this now. This is really interesting. We always look at the passage of scripture about our personal love walk toward others. In other words, if we're not walking in love, if I'm not walking in love toward my wife, if I'm not walking in love for you, toward you, my faith is not going to work for me, my personal faith. And, and I truly believe that. I mean, that's true because the Bible says that he who loves God must love his brother also. In 1 John 4, 21, amen? But listen now, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to climb up the mountain on a different angle and give you a different angle from the other side of the mountain on that. I believe it also means that the more we learn about our Heavenly Father, our love will grow for Him. And at the same time that our love grows for Him, as we get to know Him more, our faith in Him grows more. I, I guess I never looked at it from that angle before. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. See, the, on, on these different subjects in the Bible, there's different angles you can come up over top. Yeah, our, our personal love walk has to be lined up. Amen? But also, as we get to know our Heavenly Father more, our faith and our trust are going to be built up in Him, and our faith will work then. Let's face it. You don't trust God, your faith is not going to work. What is faith? It's not just some pie in the sky. Yeah, I got faith. Oh, man, I hope I don't get this cancer. Are you hearing me? That's not faith. Amen? Faith is knowing the will of God. Faith is hanging in there when the going gets tough. Knowing that he's got your best interest in store. Amen? It's a requirement that you and I believe that God loves us and has our best interest in store. And just like any other caring father. Just like any other loving and caring father. He has our best interest in store. In fact, you need to trust him more than your earthly father because some of you found out your earthly father will let you down did you find that out yet <laughs> and maybe at times he didn't mean to but he still did but your heavenly father will never let you down hallelujah so if we truly take hold of that truth and stay close to god fear would not have a place to enter into our life as Christians. Now, if you're an unbeliever, yeah, fear has a right to you. Because first off, if you're an unbeliever, you're on a one-way road to hell without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I would say, you better be fearful about that. And, and I'm not going to try to erase that fear from you and say, it's, it's okay. Go ahead, keep doing what, keep partying, keep doing what you're doing. Keep dabbling in that witchcraft and, and new age stuff. Keep doing what you're doing. No, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say, yeah, you, you better, you better be scared. Because the fires of hell are waiting for you on the other side without Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. That's just the truth. Hallelujah. But the more you learn about your Heavenly Father and His goodness, oh, it's almost a peace that passes all understanding comes upon you. It flows through you like a river. But you've got to get to know your Heavenly Father. So always remember this, don't ever forget this, when fear is present in your life as a Christian, that means your mind is consumed with the devil's will for your life. Go back to Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48, 17 through 18. Let's break this down a little bit here. Verse 17 here says that God will teach his people to profit in life. Oh, what does that mean? It means to be successful in life, right? 
The Hebrew word that is translated teach means this, to instruct, to train. Oh, here, here's the main focus right here. Are you ready for this? To prod or to goad. Oh, come on now. <laughs> you, you know, like, like a herd of cattle or a sheep or something. You know, the, the, the shepherd, he has a goad, it's called. Or, and, he, and he prods the sheep. When he wants the sheep to go in a certain direction, he prods them. And the, that's the exact Hebrew word that is used to teach. The Bible says God will teach us to profit. He's going to teach us to be successful by prodding us. Oh, he's trying to lead us. Do you know that? He's, he's trying to lead us every second of the day. Because he wants his children to prosper. He wants them to be blessed. I don't know if you knew that or not. Amen, but I'm telling, talking to somebody. God teaches and leads us through the Holy Spirit that he has sent to live on the inside of every Christian. The Holy Spirit will literally prompt you. He will prod you to go in a certain direction. He will make it clear on the inside of you if you're supposed to go ahead with a, with a, with a, a decision you're supposed to make. Now, he will not overtake your will. Uh, uh, come on, he won't do it. Listen, but, but he will make it clear if you're listening, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, if you have peace on the inside about a, a decision to make, more than likely, likely that's the Holy Spirit giving you the green light, go for it. But have you ever been faced with a decision to make? Everything looked great in the natural. I mean, you would almost, in a worldly sense, look foolish and given something up. But you didn't have a peace about it. Have you ever been there? You just didn't have a peace. It just, man, boy, it looks wonderful and all that. Or like a, maybe a partnership in a business or something. I don't know. But, man, this is a great opportunity in the worldly sense. But I'm just uneasy about it. I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit saying, uh-uh, red light, don't move forward. Don't move forward. There will be times when the Holy Spirit will actually stir your heart, stir your heart up with a, des with a desire to do something. The Bible has many references in there about God stirring the hearts of people, stirring the hearts of Jeremiah, Jeremiah, or Nehemiah to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. I'm, I'm going to be getting into Nehemiah here probably in the near future. I just want to get more light on it. But he will literally stir your heart up to do something. An example is maybe, you know, the Holy Spirit, and you don't know it's the Holy Spirit, though. Just this friend from the past has been coming to your mind. Or maybe someone in the church, maybe a coworker. So just in your mind, this individual constantly comes to your mind. And you're thinking, man, well, you know, why, am I keep, why do I keep thinking about this? You know who it is? It's the Holy Spirit putting that person on your heart. That's who it is. And more than likely, he's probably stirring you up to pray for that individual. And the thought won't leave. The Holy Spirit's trying to lead you. He's trying to guide you. He's trying to prod you. And more times than not, you know what I found out? When I acted on that, when, when I acted on that thing that I felt like I needed to do, or I, you know, we call that individual, or I heard many testimonies, that person calls that individual and says, you know, are you okay? I, I've been praying for you. And there, there's been times when the people just start bawling. And they say, you know, I've been having such a rough time. But, but they put on their mask and their church face and, and uh, you know, with everyone here. 
But the Holy Ghost reveals the heart. And the Holy Ghost knows. And, and what happened was you became the answer to that person's prayer. How many of you would love to be an answer to a person's prayer? we got to start being more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 17 also says in Isaiah 48, it says, Who leads you by the way you should go. I want you to notice that you should go in that way, but like I said, your free will is involved in that. Your free will. And God, like I said, will not overtake your free will. If God could overtake the free will of individuals, hell would be empty right now. Because the Bible says it's his will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, for crying out loud, if we were all robots, God would just make everyone come to repentance like that, and hell would be empty. But the fact is, hell is not empty. The fact is, there's people dying this very second in hospitals and houses around this earth right now. Right now, someone just slipped into eternity without making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life, and they're going to hell for eternity. We need to get busy. We need to get busy. Amen? Verse 18 reveals the results of being led by the Holy Spirit. It says, oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Why, God? Why? Why should we? Then your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Hallelujah. Peace like a river. You heard that saying before, peace like a river? That comes from the Bible. You need to know and you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Go to Psalm 23. Someone needs to hear it today. Very popular scripture. The shepherd psalm, but someone needs to hear it today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Why for his name's sake? Because he loves you. He wants to bless you. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you know Jesus is the good shepherd. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. It's not just full, it runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Parents, this is what you need to speak over your children. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Many people read this psalm in connection to a funeral. But let me tell you, these benefits are for us on earth. These are, these are for here and now on earth. Because there are going to be times when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever been there? I have. But while we're in it, we don't have to lose hope. We don't have to throw in the towel because he's there to comfort us. He's there leading us. It said here in verse 4, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is the rod and staff? I just talked about it, about the shepherd. He's leading us. He's, he's prodding us. He's telling his sheep where to go, where to go and be safe. 
He, she's showing them where to go, where to go to, to be safe. When we're led by the Holy Spirit, we can know that we're on the path of blessing. Are you hearing me? Don't pass out on me because of this heat in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, next point. To create an atmosphere where you can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you must take time to clear your thoughts and simply meditate on the Word of God. Go to Psalm chapter 1. Come on. If you feel like you got confusion racking your brain, you don't know what way you're going, that's the time just to pull back. <laughs> that's just the time to pull back and say, I, I, you know what, I'm just pulling back. I'm taking my hands off of things right now. I'm going to get quiet before the Lord and just meditate upon the Word of God. Now, some of you are thinking, meditate? You're going new age on us. No, no, the devil perverted it. Meditation is, is from God, but, but new age has perverted it, you see. New age says this, clear your mind and just say a mantra. Biblical meditation means that you're filling yourself with the word. You're speaking the word. You're thanking the word of God. Are you hearing me? Psalm 1, 1 through 3. I'll get into that more in a minute. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, blessed. You know what the word blessed means? Happy. Happy. You could say this, happy is the man or individual who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, say delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Let me ask you this, do you find joy picking up the Bible and reading it? Do you find joy when you hear the word of God? That's something you got to ask yourself first and foremost. I'm, I'm talking about how to get sensitive and be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 says this, the result of meditating day and night in the word of God, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'll tell you what, this worldly thing about trying to get ahead by lying, by stealing and all that, it's a lie from the pits of hell. You really want to prosper on this earth? You want to do it God's way? Right here. It's right here. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word translated meditate Listen, let me break this down for you. The Hebrew word translated meditate means to reflect, to ponder, to mutter, listen, to contemplate something as one repeats the words. So not only is it just filling your mind and thinking about something, meditation means that you're taking the next step and you're allowing your thoughts it, to come out of your mouth now. You're allowing it to come out of your mouth. You're speaking it. Let me ask you this. How planted are we in the faith? How planted are we in the will of God? When we don't meditate and fill ourselves with God's word, we allow our actions to be dictated by our flesh and our unrenewed mind. 
I know that goes over like a lead balloon, but it's true anyways. This is why we see people forsaking Christ when a pastor or a Christian maybe treats them poorly. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about being planted in the faith. Who's your faith in, people or God? Is it in your pastor or is it in God? Come on, how many of you have seen that before? Someone gets offended and they don't come to church and they just forsake their whole Christian walk. Well, the truth of the matter is they were never planted to begin with. All they were doing is a plant with their roots sitting right on the surface. The roots never soaked down. Are you hearing me? I'm talking to someone in here. Those people are not planted. They're not grounded in the faith. And that is when people start to believe gossip rather than church leadership. When you are not spiritually planted, it's easy to walk away and forsake Christ. Many people, listen to this now, many people, many Christians have walked away from God and they don't even know it. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Many people have walked away from God and they don't even know it. What do you mean? First off, it's called deception. Let me get into this little story here. A traveling minister friend of mine I spoke to, he came to a pastor's meeting this week. By the way, he's preaching here next month, at the end of the month. A, a, a traveling minister friend told me of an instance where God asked him one day, why have you walked away from me? The guy says, God, what do, you, what do you mean walked away from you? I travel all around the world preaching and teaching the gospel. Getting people born again. Preaching your word. What do you mean? Again, God asked him, why have you walked away from me? By this time, the Holy Spirit was revealing bitterness and unforgiveness that this man was holding in his heart while he's in the ministry. God said, you've walked away from me. The Lord spoke to his heart and said, you have walked away from me when you think that you can carry my anointing and my blessing when you're holding sin in your life. People who leave this church and cause division in the community and expect the blessing of God to be on their life, it's deception. Are you hearing me? These people have walked away from God and they don't even know it. They think they're doing something right. They think they're doing something good, but they walked away from God, and they're clueless about it. It's called deception. Well, immediately, this minister friend, he, a wall went up in his heart, and he was trying to justify himself to God, and he started to say, but God, I've casted out devils in your name, and immediately, immediately, the Holy Spirit brought to his mind in the scriptures where people come to Jesus on judgment day and said, Lord, haven't we casted out devils in your name? Haven't we prophesied in your name? Jesus will, said to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. These people thought they were okay, but they walked away from God without even knowing it. I'm telling you right now, friend, we need to be so diligent and search our hearts. 
Have we given place to the devil in our life? Are we really dealing with the bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment that, that's in our hearts? Have we really dealt with it? I don't want to go take my last breath in, on judgment day and, and say, Lord, Lord. And he says, I never knew you. God, I was preaching your gospel here at RCC. I was doing everything you told me to do. I did all the religious stuff. Depart from me. I never knew you. My God, people. I don't know about you, but that sobers me right up. How much more the people who are living in sin out there calling themselves a Christian, thinking they're okay, they walked away from God and not even known it. Is this sinking into anybody today? I'm talking about your eternal destination. Doggone it, people. Let's deal with the bitterness. Let's deal with the sin in our lives and get right with God so we don't have to be surprised on judgment day. That's why I preach so boldly here. I don't want anyone's blood on my hands. I don't want to get to heaven one day and say, look how many of your congregation is in hell today because you were too seeker sensitive to talk about this issue. You never challenged them to think about this in their life. Are you hearing me? That's why I'm so against the seeker sensitive message. It leads people some people to the pits of hell and they don't even know it. So the Bible says to examine our hearts whether we are in the faith or have we stepped out of the faith? Have we walked away from God and his word and we don't even realize it? See, our human nature has a way of trying to justify our actions, even if it's dead wrong. Do you notice that? There's been times when I know I was dead wrong with Elizabeth, and she confronts me, and I go, what are you talking about? I know I'm dead wrong, but the wall goes up immediately, even though I knew I was dead wrong. Boy, I could call, have an altar call right now, couldn't I? <laughs> Should take an offering too, amen? <laughs> oh, this is such a serious topic. But that's the human nature. Immediately you try to justify yourself. Soon, soon, and this is where it creeps into now, it starts off knowing that you're wrong. The wall goes up. But the more you get into the lie, you start to believe the lie. You tell yourself over and over again, you start to, I'm telling you this is such a dangerous place, you start to believe the lie. How does it happen? I don't know, you just do. It's your human nature popping up, it's your flesh popping up. And that is a dangerous spot to be in. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Are you ready to stone me yet? Good. Because <laughs> you know I love each and every one of you. And like I said, every pastor who stands behind the pulpit is preaching to himself on Sunday mornings too. Are you hearing me? Hebrews 
Hebrews 3, 7 through 15. Listen to this. It says, therefore the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in, in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness. Anyone going through a wilderness journey here? Where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their mind. Is that what it says? What does it say? In their hearts. God always deals with the heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren. Oh my, come on. No, he didn't say beware, unbelievers. Beware, you sinners. What does he say? Beware, brethren. He's talking to you and I as Christians. Beware, brethren, lest there be any, any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God and not even know it. Walking away from God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if, say if, we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the, day of, as in the rebellion. He says that twice. Twice. This passage of scripture reveals to us that it is possible to harden our hearts when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. You know, everyone says, oh, well, I'm just waiting for God to show me. When God shows me something, I'll just do it gladly. Want to make a bet? Huh? No, no. It's possible for your heart to be hardened when the Holy Spirit sh shows you something. This must mean, then, that the Holy Spirit is going to show us some things that might not line up with our traditions and comfort zones. He is trying to expose those lies that we have believed. That those lies that have stripped us away from walking in the power of God and in the blessing of God for our lives. My goodness. This must mean then that there is a temptation to harden our hearts initially when the Holy Spirit reveals sin in our lives. A hardened heart will grieve the Holy Spirit and cause him to be silent in your life. Guess what? At that point, you're on your own. You're on your own. What if that man, Matthew, what if he wasn't in fellowship with the Lord? He, he was praying in his car. He was open. He had, come on, his spiritual antenna up. Thank God for that. Because it would have been another casualty, most likely, on that bridge collapse. Notice that verse 13 talks about being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What does that mean? It means that when you're in sin, you think you're okay. It's deceitful. It's deceiving. 
Sin will take your life down a path that you really and honestly do not want to go. If you knew the pain, if you knew the heartache it would cause, you wouldn't go there. But the fact is, sin is deceiving. So you walk away from God. You depart from the true and living God. You take hold of the devil's plan for your life. Verse 13 says, To exhort one another daily. Exhort one another daily. Let me say this. One or even two days a week in church is not enough to keep you spiritually healthy. No. Not enough. That's why it's so important for you to have your own relationship with God. That's why it's important for you and your family seven days a week. Read the word. Have devotions. Turn on Christian music in your house. Are you hearing me? One or two days a week. Don't, don't lay it all on me. Now, I'll do my job. I'm going to do my best to try to feed you. But I'll tell you what, your gas tank's going to be really empty if you're trying to run on one or two days a week. Just plain and simple. So there in the scripture, we are commanded to continue, on the, continue in the faith. That must mean it's possible not to continue in the faith. And that is sobering to me. So back to meditation. Meditate means to reflect, to ponder, to mutter, to contemplate something as one repeats the words. We must not only think about the word, but let it come out of your mouth as well. Go to Joshua 1.8. Very popular. Maybe someone here never seen it, so we'll go there. Obviously, Peter, Peter and the Holy Ghost didn't have a problem with bringing things to people's remembrance. Hey, man. You got to. I don't know about you, but uh, I need to be reminded of things. You can ask Elizabeth that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of the law, or the word of God, you could say, and you wouldn't be doing any injustice to what it's saying. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Interesting. Meditate and in your mouth combined. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then, say then. then. You will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditating on the word of God and spiritual things associated with the Bible. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, say if the Lord, if so, if a word of prophecy came to you. And, and, and you, you can meditate on that word of prophecy from the Lord, right? I mean, if, if there's a, a Christian song that you heard, and you want, go ahead, meditate on that song. Think about the words of that song. In fact, go ahead and sing that song in the shower. Are you hearing me? That's meditating on the, uh, you're still meditating on the word of God. These things that are in line with the word of God. You're meditating on, on things from the word of God. Maybe a sermon that you heard. Think on it. Fill your mind with it. Kick out all the other junk that's been clogging your mind. Put some spiritual Drano in there. Amen? Now, an example, well, when you do this, when you, when you meditate on these things, it will cause you to become a doer of the word because 
Joshua 1.8 said right there that your meditation, as you keep the word of God in your mouth, it said, it said, why? So you may be able to do. So you can do. And James talks about being a doer of the word. Don't just hear what it says, but put it into action in your life, right? And so when you're doing this, you're tenderizing your spirit man. You're putting your spiritual antenna up, if you will. Let me give you a Bible illustration of this as I'm getting ready to close here. An example is Peter in Acts chapter 10. Go there. Acts chapter 10. God showed Peter a vision. A vision revealing to him that salvation was being opened up and being made available to everyone and not just the Jews. All right? Talk about an example of having to renew your mind, huh? Constantly being heard, this is only for the Jews, it's only for the Jews. God shows you a vision now that, hey, this thing's going to be opened up to everybody. Can you imagine his initial thought? Well, he did say in there, his initial thought was, oh, it cannot be. Are you hearing me? All right. So Peter here, God showed him a vision. Look at Acts chapter 10, 17 through 20. It says, now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which, which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Look at verse 19, powerful. While Peter thought about the vision, he was meditating on the vision that God gave to him. The Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Amen. I want to say this. I want to even say this. I venture out to say if Peter wasn't meditating on that vision, he wouldn't have been spiritually sensitive enough to hear from the Holy Spirit in that situation. What was going on? Peter was positioning himself to hear from the Holy Spirit. He was literally putting Colossians 3, 1 through 3 into action. Go there real quick. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. This is what Peter was doing, and this is what we need to do. If then you were raised with Christ, or if you're a Christian, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. One thing that will hinder your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is holding on too tight to the things of this world. That doesn't, yeah, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Yes, we got to live in the world, but the Bible says not to be of the world. Don't pick up the habits of the world. Don't pick up the traits of the world. Don't pick up the evil of the world. Amen? Oh, holding on too tight, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me while I was meditating on this subject. He said this, you can either hold on to the world or you can hold on to me. You cannot have both. In fact, the more that you're holding on to the world, the less hold you have on God. That is so true, isn't it? God is saying to us, choose this day whom you will serve. Because you can't have both. You can't have both. And that message is summed up when Jesus said to, to us believers to take up our cross daily to follow him. 
You know what that's called? Self-denial. One minister said it this way. I believe it was Rod Parsley. He said, self-denial is entry-level Christianity. Romans chapter 12 says it's your reasonable service. It's not a hard thing. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, did you really? Are you taking up your cross daily to follow him? Or is it your plan, your way? God, I'll give you one or two days a week and that's it. Remember, self-denial for the Christian is entry-level Christianity. So the more of the world that you're holding on to, the less sensitive you will be to the voice and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And friends, we're living in a day and age right now with terrorism and all this stuff going on. We need to hear and be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to know when I'm at the airport and I'm about ready to hand that ticket to the ticket agent when the Holy Spirit says, don't go on that plane. I want to hear from the Holy Ghost. (laughs) I'm glad uh, some people were tuned into the Holy Ghost when the Twin Towers went down, when the planes went in, because you should hear the miracle testimonies of how many people the Holy Spirit said, don't go to work that day. Friend, you and I can have that same relationship with the Holy Spirit. How many of you want that? We can have it, and we need it. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is asking each one of us today, can you hear me? And to close it out, three verses, Titus 2, Titus 2 11 through 14 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus Teaching us. What did Jesus teach? What was in a nutshell? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself, his own special people, zealous for good works. Jesus made it extremely clear how to be tuned in to the Holy Spirit, to avoid sin, avoid worldliness, and to keep our eyes on him because, friend, Jesus is coming back soon. Very soon. Amen? The Holy Spirit's asking you and, you and I today, can you hear me? Let's all stand in this place today. Can you hear me? Now maybe there's someone in this place and you can say, yes, James, I, I have never made Jesus Lord and Savior of my life. And today I realize that I am a sinner in need of the Savior. Not a Savior, because there's only one way. It's only Jesus. As the New Age says that there's many ways. That's a downright lie from the pits of hell. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come forward to this altar. And I just want to have the privilege of praying with you. That today, you can get a new birthday. You can become born again, the Bible says knowing 
that you're starting your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that if you took your last breath today you're going to heaven if that's you I want you to come down to this altar now maybe there's someone you know you're backslidden and frankly you don't know if you'd go to heaven if you died right now maybe you're the one who walked away from God and you didn't even know it but today the Holy Ghost slapped you in the face and he says pastors talking to you today if that's you I want you to come to this altar and let's just rededicate your life you need to rededicate your life to the Lord today just settle it today you realize you walked away from God and you've been blinded you've been blinded by the sin in your, in your life come to this altar maybe you're in this place you never received the Holy Spirit baptism it's in the Bible it's not a Pentecostal thing not a charismatic thing it's a Bible thing if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism you want to learn more about it you want to receive him the precious Holy Spirit baptism I want you to come to this altar maybe you're in this place and you are in need of a physical healing emotional healing whatever it may be if you need prayer for your family whatever it is a situation come to this altar and actually come over by the prayer wall those who those four things the rest of you worship the Lord and tell the Lord you want to be in tune with his Holy Spirit and even ask him say you know Holy Spirit just make it clear to me I'm open right now I'm softening my heart towards you I want to know are there any walls in my heart have I hardened my heart whatever it is that's hindering my walk from you whatever's hindering hearing from you and being led by you I want to know what it is and I want to deal with it today worship the Lord as the music plays
Anybody else, anybody else in this place, if you're feeling that tug from the Holy Spirit to receive prayer, don't leave this place without receiving prayer. Holy Spirit has something for you. Don't harden your heart to the voice of the Spirit of God.
say it's all about you Every melody, every harmony Every breath we breathe got to come to is to know that there's no one like Jesus. There's nothing else that can take the place of Jesus in our lives. Amen. Give the Lord a hand today. Hallelujah. Well, let's close in prayer and bless the food. We're having that, that meal afterwards, and I think we got a lot of stuff, huh? I mean, my goodness, so stick around. So let's pray right now. Father, Thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for your word that has gone forth to, to wake us up, Father God. To wake us up to things that we are blind to in our life. And Father God, I pray that you would bless the fellowship, Lord God, during this dinner. I pray that you would bless this food to our bodies and bless all of those who helped prepare it, Father. And Lord God, each and every person here today, Father, I pray that you would encamp them and their families with your holy angels. Father God, that your ministering spirits would go in front of them, would go before them and be their rear guard. That you would deliver them from all evil. Deliver them from danger, Father God. Put a hedge of protection around them, Father God, now. And lead them and guide them that each, each and every one of us would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And we will all live a healthy, long, and abundant life on this earth, bringing glory to Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Be blessed.